Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Paz I Am Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to August 26th edition of Paz I Am Radio. I am your host, Flying Solo, Robert Brining here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Beautiful 78 degrees here. It is like fall here in Philly. It is beautiful. Uh, it is definitely uh, a day to get outside and enjoy the weather. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I do um, also want to send uh, right away a special thank you out to those who um, have supported me and the show um, and the GoFundMe campaign that we raised, uh, we did it, I believe it was about oh, two weeks ago, and we were able to raise the goal of uh, the $800 to keep the show going for another year. So I just want to personally thank those who uh, donated, uh, Stephen, uh, Ray, uh, Tom, and Scott. You know who you are. I love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us here at the show and allowing us to continue to do the work uh, that we do here at the show and uh, offering each other hope. Uh, for those living with HIV and uh, those who are uh, newly diagnosed, just discovering uh, what it's like to be. So I do want to uh, let you know that next week is Memorial Day weekend. We will not be having a live show. Uh, so you, if you uh, want to get your dose of hope, feel free to go through any of our archives on iTunes, on Blog Talk Radio, or just go to our website at posiumradio.com and check out the archives there. Um, and pick one and listen to it if you need some hope or inspiration for that week. But I will be taking it off to spend some time with some family and friends. Actually, a friend of mine at work is having an empanada party, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, she's been uh, working with me there at my job for five years, and we don't really get to hang outside of work, and it'll be nice to actually hang out with the people that I work with because we kind of became a family. I've been there five years. Uh, two of the ladies that I work with have been there for 11, so... It'll be nice to kind of um, communicate outside of work and just be who we are because obviously who we take to work is not who we are at home um, because it's a different environment. Uh, so we tend to uh, change who we are. So uh, as we're waiting for today's guest, I'm excited to have our guest on today. We have uh, Priscilla Vidal or Priscilla, um, and uh, she is a transgender woman who will be coming on sharing her story of what it's like to live with HIV. She uh, works with foster youth and adolescents um, in the LGBTQIA community. So I am excited for her to come on and share her story with us and talk about the work that she does. Um, and she is out in San Diego, I believe, or California. So um, it'll be excited to have her come on and, and, and talk about issues that we don't get to talk about a lot. Um, um, so I'm excited for that. I spoke with her a little bit yesterday and, um, 
just sounds like a, a great big ball of uh, sunshine, somebody who has a lot of joy, a lot of happiness, and uh, somebody who'd be a great friend. So I'm excited to have Priscilla come on and share her story with us in a, in a few minutes. Um, I do want to talk about a few things that are coming up in this schedule. If you are somebody who attends conferences, um, coming up in September, September uh, 7th, I believe, to the 10th in D.C. is the USCA conference. Um, unfortunately, we will, I will not be attending that conference. Uh, I had to uh, pass on a scholarship for uh, to attend due to uh, work. Uh, I wasn't able to get off of work um, and do that, but that is a conference that I know a lot of people like Kevin Maloney are going to, and a lot of our, our friends here at POSIM Radio. Um, I also know that on the 22nd to the 24th of September in Fort Walton Beach, Florida is uh, the Positive Living uh, Conference, which is its 20th year this year. Uh, they are celebrating that. Uh, we had Butch McKay come on a few months, a few weeks ago and talk about that <clears throat> along with Kathy Robinson Pickett. Uh, they spoke about um, what they're doing for the 20th year anniversary and uh, how it all began in the history. You can check that out in the archives again on iTunes or um, on Blog Talk Radio. And then I know um, November, I believe it is November 3rd to the 5th, our friends um, at Retreat will be hosting another um, uh, Brotherhood Retreat up in the Poconos, Pennsylvania, uh, here, uh, not far from New York, not far from Philly. So if you're interested in going to a spiritual retreat and connecting with a bunch of amazing men um, on an amazing level of just kind of rediscovering yourself and your spirituality, it's definitely something you want to check out. Uh, you can check it out at Brotherhood Retreats or PauseRetreat.com. Um, positive living, you can go to ageoasis.org. I do see Priscilla on the line, so I want to go ahead and bring her on. So please help me welcome Priscilla Vidal to the show. Welcome to the show, sweetie. Thank you. How are you? Good, and you? I am well. I am well. I know it's 11 o'clock in the morning there, so I want to thank you for getting up early on a Sunday when you could probably be sleeping in. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So, um, how, what uh, what is it like there? How's the weather? You're in what, San Diego? Yes, I live in San Diego. So, what is the weather like there in San Diego? I was, when I was opening the show, I was saying how here in Philly it's beautiful. It feels like fall, 78 degrees. Yeah, well, um, over here it's very sunny, so it's supposed to be getting sunnier um, throughout um, this coming week. Nice, nice. Cool. So uh, I want to thank you first for coming on and, and, you know, being open and honest with us and sharing your story. So I know that's sometimes hard to do. So I, I want to start kind of where where you want to start. Do you want to uh, start when you were diagnosed? Kind of tell me um, how you found out you were HIV positive and then what that was like for you at that time. Yes. So um, I think I was Let's see. So I was um, coming um, out of foster care. So um, I was 18, and um, me and some friends um, we were hanging out, um, and they asked, "Oh, you know, we saw um, this HIV testing mobile unit," and they asked mm-hmm. me, "Oh, you know, like you should go get tested." And I was like, "No, why don't you go get tested?" So then we all just decided to go get go get tested, right? Because we didn't really think nothing of it, you know. It's one of those things where, you know, we're just like daring each other to do it. 
Right. And so I went in there, and, you know, I did the testing, whatever. Um, they told me, you know, you know, because we had to wait for the results. And then um, a few minutes later, um, they told me that they could leave, but I needed to stay. So I stayed, and, and they had told me that, you know, that I was, you know, I should be positive. Now, you said that was, did you say that was 2015? Uh, that was... 2005. 2005. I, I thought I heard yeah. 15 somewhere when you were speaking. Oh, sorry, about. my English. So 2000. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. So, so 2005. So, so yeah. you went in and you saw the, the unit. You got tested. They told you you had to stay. So obviously, when they told you you had to stay, you thought something was wrong. Yes, I did. So I was already kind of like preparing for it. Um, and in reality, I kind of already. Um, expected it in, in some way um to to be true right so when they told you did they offer you any kind of support or what did they kind of how did how they break it down to you they told me that um that i needed to go um here in san diego we have um family health centers so um they told me to go to this program i, I forgot what the program was called um, but they, they gave you connections. Yes, they did. Yes, yes. Okay. So, so then after that, you you're you're walking out of the mobile unit, and are are your friends waiting for you? Did they leave? Um, they had left. Um, but they had contacted me later on, like, oh, like, what did they say? Whatever, alarm. And so I told them, like, well, they said I was positive, but I don't believe it because. To me, it was like, how can you test somebody with the rapid test and not drop blood? Because you know, I, I'm new. I was I'm new at this. I didn't know mm -hmm. what HIV is, how that happens. I'm, you know, I'm ignorant towards it, so I don't know anything about it. So I didn't pay attention to it, and I didn't really do anything about it until the following year. Now, the following year, did you what? What made you do something about it? Because it's when I um, they started to do my transition legally, because I was doing it illegally, so mm -hmm. meaning that I was getting hormones off the streets from other trans girls and from Diana from TJ. So now 2006, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do my my transition the, the right way, get everything that I need to get done. And that's when they had told me that um, that I needed to go and get my HIV. Um, um, taken care of first before I can do anything else. So then what did you do to take care of your HIV? Did you start taking meds or? They sent me to this program here in San Diego um, called UCSD Mother Child Adolescent Program. And mm -hmm. so I got in that program um, and, you know, I just started going to to group that they had um, seeing um uh, a specialist and just trying to um you know um get that um you know actually under uh, i mean i don't want to say under control control like it was it was bad but kind of like just seeing a doctor i guess right now did they they put you on medication right away or were your accounts at a, at a level where you didn't need to be put on meds or I was in a level where I did not need to be put on meds. Right. 
Now, did that last for a long time, or are you on meds now, or? I got on meds because um, I went, and, and so, okay, so they offered me to be under this study where they, you know, they give you different medications, and to be honest, the reason why I got on the study is because, you know, I needed to buy the hormone, so they're like, oh, you know, if you get on the study, we pay you, and I was like, well, how much is it, because, like, you know, you know, and they're like, well, you know, um, it depends, sometimes we'll pay you 80, sometimes we'll pay you 100, we'll pay you 100, you know, once you complete your first six months, and I was like, okay, and so I got under the study in, I want to say 2010, um, so it's only, it was only supposed to be five years, and then they extended it for another year, and I'm supposed to be finishing up with the co- program completely um, by the end of this year. I see. So when you told your friends that um, your test came back positive, how did they react? They're like, oh, so what are you thinking of doing? And I just pretty much just told them in a way that I didn't really want to talk about it and I wasn't going to discuss it and that I was dropping right. it because um, I had other um, problems and issues to deal with at the time that I just had put it like in, like, in the back burner, so to say, because, you know, I, I was already emancipated from foster care, meaning that I was already out of the, you know, the court system or whatever. So I needed to figure out first, you know, that. And I kind of didn't um, want to do everything all together. Um, so first I was dealing with coming out of foster care, like what I was going to do, where I was going to live, um, and then, of course, my transition you know, so it was three things that I was trying to deal with, and I didn't want to deal them, deal with them um, all together. Right, that could be a lot. That could be stressful. I couldn't even imagine having to deal with all that at one time. And at what age well, were you at that time dealing with all three of them? Um, I was now nineteen. Wow. That shows the strength of your character and who you are, that you were dealing with so much and you, you're, you're here sharing and, you know, showing up. And I think that's important that, you know, your voice is heard. So I love it. I think it's awesome. I think you're, you're, you're great. So tell me, um, how did you find support once you started dealing with HIV? You said you were put into a program there that kind of helped you get connected with doctors and things like that. But when was it that you reached out and found support in other people with HIV? Um, besides the, the support group that we had in within the program, um, honestly, um, I didn't because uh, I don't know how it is in other counties, um, cities, et cetera, but in San Diego, there really isn't a lot of um, people who are HIV um, positive that are open about their status, much less trans. And so it's it's mm. very different to say, oh, there's a lot of gay men who are positive. But to me, and, you know, I did know a couple, but, you know, I kind of wanted somebody that I can relate to because, you know, I was trans, so... You know, and in San Diego, when I was um, transitioning, you know, I had to get, you know, services, you know, 
with with the gay man because there wasn't really resources. And I'm not saying it wasn't a, a, a bad, it was a bad thing or it was a good thing, but I mean it's it's totally different, you know. It's like I'm a trans woman and you know I'm transitioning and I want to be able to find resources and services, you know, with like-minded people. Yeah, I seem to to hear that um, kind of across the board when it comes to the trans community is that they there's not a lot of resources and it's hard for them to connect, especially if you're also HIV positive. I know we spoke about this yesterday when we were talking a little bit about the show, that I've only had a few uh, trans women who've come on before and shared their story and and how I was telling you how important it is for the use to come on and share your story because a lot of people, you know, think they're the only one out there and, and you know, they're like the unicorn and it's not true. So, you know, I applaud you for being brave enough to, to put yourself out there because it's tough, you know, when, when people label you with so many different labels. Yeah, so, and um, tell me, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say in San Diego, that's just how it is. Um, if there are resources, you kind of only find them and get to know them if other trans people had already have or had gone to them. Hmm. So what resources do, do you just use? You said just that one resource there in San Diego or? I mean, pretty much um, the resources that I used um, were pretty much my transition. And then through there is how I was able to find other resources um, in different areas. Um, you know, um, as for me, like, being positive, um, I mean, there's other um, trans Latinas that, um, that I know, but they're kind of um, either open about their status or not open about being trans or not open about being trans but open about their status. So it's kind of like, right. you know, it's like, okay, I can't really say they're trans because they don't want to pretend they're trans or they don't want to say they're positive so I can't say that, you know? So it's kind of like always like, okay, well, I can't really say much because they're not open. You know, I, I was reading a couple um, statistics um, uh on different websites about uh, the transgender community and HIV. And, you know, one of the things they say that stops trans people from getting tested is, is transphobia, people being afraid of it. And then the stigma on top of it. How much do you think that affects other people from getting tested on a regular basis? I mean, as like in general or like trans people or... Yeah, yeah, well, in general, they say like transphobia, people being, you know, just afraid of the unknown is kind of creating barriers for people to access testing and treatment and services by the transgender people. Do you think that's true? Oh, very true because, um, you know, if, if a trans person sees you, you know, going into a, a you know place to get tested, they already kind of already assume that you, you know, that you are going to be positive. And it's largely because... Um, how can I say this? I don't want to say all, most, maybe a few. Let's just say that, even though probably more, but I'm gonna say a few. You know, um, of the trans community, at least here in San Diego, from what I know, because you know I am 
um, I part of the community, so I know this because I always, you know, see it and hear it. It's, um, you know, the the work, you know, um, that they do is it's the work that is that is a high risk for getting HIV and whatever else is out there. So you know, you automatically assume that that person is working in that in that field. Right. Yeah, I believe I read somewhere that the, the that uh, the trans community is four time, 49 times more likely to become HIV positive. I was reading all different kinds of articles to see what um, it was. Let me think if I could just bring this one right back up just so I read it correctly. It's from a Avert. It says, transgender people are 49 times more at risk of living with HIV compared to the general population. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of, so that's why it's even so important that you're here sharing your story and that other people like you are still out there being vocal because of the risk, you know what I mean, and, and the numbers that they, they're, 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 you know, they're bringing in. So tell me, how was um, the reaction to your family when you, when you maybe brought that up to them and told them about being positive? Um... I don't really a hundred percent remember um, because I think for me it was more like telling them that I'm trans, but um, I, I guess when I told them, I mean they were just like, oh well, you know, are you okay? Like you know, but you're healthy, you know, you know, just you know, just small questions. It wasn't like, oh my god, you know, it's more like, oh well, you know. Um, does that mean you have AIDS, or, you know, what does that mean? So um, they don't really ask, well, we don't really talk that much, so, you know, they don't So, really so let, me, let me ask you this. You, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but how how was the reaction to you telling them that you were positive to the reaction was when you told them that you wanted to transition? Um. They didn't take the whole transition too well, more as the my HIV status. It was more like, oh, well, you know, they were like, um, I mean, I guess you can't really say they were okay with it because it's not really up to them, but I guess right. my transition was um, more difficult for them to understand. Right, right. Cool. Okay, I just wanted to ask that. I was curious to see, you know, how the, how the difference, because they say when you, when you are, you know, kind of, for the first time that you're HIV positive or disclosing, it's kind of like coming out. You know what I mean? So I can imagine, like, it, it, you know, coming out as somebody who's transgender, coming out as somebody who's HIV positive, coming out as somebody like me who's gay. It's very, like, it's a process that you do over and over again throughout your life, mm. and it's kind of like this repetitive thing. You know what I mean? And But yeah. it's like every time you come, you come out, I feel like I, I bloom into a even more beautiful person. You know what I mean? Every time I shed mm -hmm. that layer of shame or guilt or 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 whatever it is that it is that 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 we carry over with us, you know, after we mm -hmm. decide to do something that is maybe not as normal as people would quote unquote call normal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you do a lot with foster youth. So tell me a little bit about what you do with the foster youth for, with them. So primarily, um, at the beginning, um, you know, I was working for different um, foster agencies. Um, like I worked for New Alternatives. I was a, um, a peer support specialist. 
Um, so I will work one on one with youth. Um, you know, helping them with homework. Uh, you know, um, helping them. You know, uh, if they needed to get um, clothing, if they needed to, you know, job applications. Um, just helping them, kind of like, um, I guess, ready to be on their own, sort of say. Um, and so, um, and mostly also like if a youth is, you know, um, LGBT or or they're, you know, questioning, you know, just kind of talking with them and just helping them um, navigate the system because, um, well, at least when I was in the system, it was much different than how it is and what it how it, what it is now. Um, but also, um, when social workers um, go to social work school. They graduate, they go into training. Um I help um I help those trainings so I sit in, in a panel with other um LGBT youth, um and we just kinda like share a story or resources what we do. Um and recently um I got hired um for another um agency um um, cost of needle use services. So um, now I'm their health educator. Um, so it's it's I just started like a week ago. Um, but pretty much um, what I'm gonna be doing is oh thank you. So now um, what I'm gonna be doing is doing um, sexual um, health trainings, HIV, PrEP, STIs, STDs, um, and just. For example, Friday I took two youth to get tested. So just pretty much just um, letting them know that there's, you know, resources, you know, they want to get tested or they just want condoms. Um, just pretty much whatever um, they need. Um, and also last Friday, this past Friday, I also started um, at our local Hillcrest um Youth Center, um, I started a trans um, girls um, support group for ages 14 to 18. Say that, I'm sorry, say that again? So this past Friday, I started a support group for trans girls who are, who, ages 14 to 18. And, and where does this meet at? At the Hillcrest Youth Center here in San Diego. Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on doing that, too. Those support groups are so important. Um, I used to attend a support group here in Philly for people with HIV, and it was, um, you know, uh, it was an LGBTQ, uh, you know, only, you know what I mean, and it was something we met every week, and it was just a, a great bunch of people and, and a bunch of guys, and it really helped me during a certain part of my life when I, I, I didn't have uh, – I guess maybe that kind of support that I needed. Um, I was going through a breakup at the time. I was kind of rediscovering who I was, restarting a new job, you know, kind of like starting my life over, and those guys kind of fell into like a brotherhood. So I know that that support is so important, um, and I can imagine it's so, so even more important for people like yourself who, you know what I mean, are even harder to connect with others like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I saw today on my Facebook feed, and I, I wonder your thoughts on this. Canada just introduced a, gen, a gender-neutral passport. Did you oh, see that? Yeah, um, I did not see that yet, but um, I know here in San Diego, um, 
your um, driver license also has that option now. Wow. That's awesome. I think it's great when the world uh, kind of moves along and catches up with the reality of what's really going on in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's great that there's things like that. So uh, one of the other things I want to talk about is you are going to uh, USCA. Can you tell me a little bit about what you uh, hope to get out of the conference, and have you been to that conference before? No, I have never been to the conference before, and I have been trying to go for the past six years. Um, and my whole goal um, is to just be able to meet other um, HIV-positive activists, um out there, I know, you know, being involved in this, I've been able to meet others, but mostly through, like, Facebook, and so now it's kind of like, right. okay, I want to meet them in real life and, you know, just ask questions and ask advice, and, you know, um, I kind of feel like I'm new at this in, in a sense that, like, I don't have a big platform like most of them out there, so to me, it's kind of like, okay, like, so what can I do to be more involved um, and just trying to get the latest and the newest resources and what's going on, like U equals U, which I think is amazing, you know. Um, and I'm trying to push U equals U, but in Spanish because, you know, I every every time when there's resources or flyers or whatever, and they're always in English. I'm kind of always like, okay, you guys need to make this in Spanish. You need to change this in Spanish to be more inclusive. Because, you know, you know, um, I just feel that, you know, being Latina, I kind of have to also help the other community that doesn't speak English or doesn't read English. Um, and so... So how, how, how do you say that in How do you say that in Spanish, you equals you? How does that, like... So it's gonna be I equals I. So it's indetectable. Um, it's equal a intransmitible. Uh, so I equals I, you said? Yes. So it'll be I equals I in Spanish instead of you equals you. Ah, interesting. I believe it or not, I took two years of Spanish and did very well in high school, but I don't remember any of it. <laughs> You know, that was uh, bits, and, <laughs> bits and pieces of it. So I do want to open up the phone lines. If you are on hold listening and want to uh, talk to us on air or are listening and just want to call in, you can reach us at 929-477-3572 and press the one button so we know that you uh, want to come on and talk to us. I'm still waiting for this week's HIV scoop to load, so I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break and play uh, a positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. So, Priscilla, we'll be right back, okay? Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. I love that song. It's Leslie Gore. I know that has nothing to do with HIV, but I always think it's nice to start with a song. Uh, my name is Charles Sanchez. I'm coming at you from New York City, and um, I was diagnosed with full-blown AIDS in 2003. Uh, my T-cell count was four. My viral load was through the roof. I had several opportunistic infections, and I was really sick and almost died. Uh, here it is 13 years later. I'm living in this fabulous apartment, and 
my T cell count is in a healthy range of like 760 something and my viral load is undetectable. And although my life with HIV has not been a bed of roses or sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, um, I've had like two hip replacements due to avascular necrosis. Um, and I've had some other, you know, crazy stuff. My life didn't end. And HIV does not define my life. I am a son, a brother, a friend. I have a healthy sex life. I date. I'm a writer. I'm an actor. I'm a musician. I'm a singer. I'm a, a director, a producer, and I'm HIV positive. And one of the things that I really believe is that you can't let HIV stop your life or stigma or fear. Stop your life. It is possible to live a full, wonderful life with HIV. I wrote a web series, it's a musical comedy web series with an HIV positive lead who, although he has issues, is not sad, is not sick, is not dying, and none of his friends or family treats him like anything less because he has HIV. It's this radical show. Anyway, the um, theme of the show, the, the tagline is, life can be positive when you're positive. And it's absolutely true, and it's absolutely what I feel and believe. So um, I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, it's another cheesy thing, but it's something I believe. No one's told you that they love you today. I love you. There you have it. So there's a positive message from Kevin Maloney and Rise Up to HIV. And we are back with Priscilla. Are you there with me, uh, Priscilla? Yes, I'm still here. So we were talking a little bit about this USCA conference that you um, are attending. And I kind of was talking about it earlier. It's in D.C., so it's kind of close to me. I won't be attending, but I heard it's a great conference. There's a lot of good people that are going there. And you said that you just want to meet these people that you see and talk to online in person. And I have to tell you, doing that is incredible because you already have a connection with them online because you're advocating for the same thing, you know what I mean, and, and you're passionate about it. And and then to meet them in person and to, to wrap your arms around them and give them a hug and to feel that support one-on-one -on -one and to be present, it's it's really an awesome thing to to meet people. And if this is the first time that you're going to meet like your online advocate friends, it's incredible. I mean, I'd be I'm stoked every time I go to a conference just to do that. Yes, and it's just more like, oh my gosh, like it's kind of like walking in there and it's like oh, they're all celebrities. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm like down here and they're up there and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like I don't know, it's kind of weird, but yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> Everybody has a story to be told, and everyone's story is important to hear. But I know you did start a GoFundMe um, page to help you uh, get out there because you did get a scholarship to go to the conference, but the conference, but it doesn't actually cover your flight, and that's always the most expensive thing. And you're flying from California, so it's literally across the country. Um, so I, I know I just went on and GoFundMe, and I, I searched your name, Priscilla, and it came up, and I, I shared it on my Facebook page so people can. Um, go and donate and, and, and help you get there. But uh, your goal, I'm trying to I'm bring it up here on my computer now. Um, how far are you from your goal? Um, I'm trying to raise um, 300, and so far I'm at a 170. You're at 170. So I think I saw 57% yes. of your goal. So, so go ahead over to everyone listening to either my page or I'm going to post it on the Pause Radio page and, and make a little donation to help uh, Priscilla get to this conference and, and make you know this experience happen because it truly is an experience to get 
to the conference and to meet these people because I'm telling you, the one-on-one interactions like the, the you're going to go to the, the different um, little, you know, uh, breakout sessions and little speakers they have and things like that. But it's really the one-on-one conversations that you guys have when you're walking, you know, to lunch together or going to dinner or sitting outside and having a cigarette or, or having a drink at the bar. And I mean, or whatever the situation may be, just having those one-on-one conversations with those people you see online, it's so awesome. And, and those conversations are life-changing, so I'm excited to hear about it. You're going to have to come back and give us an update of how it all went um, when it's all done. But people can go to the GoFundMe, and uh, I believe that actually if you go to GoFundMe backslash USCA Washington, D.C., is the actual URL to your campaign. But I'll post it on all our social media so people can check it out and get you there because that's going to be awesome for you. I'm excited about that. Yes, and, I mean, anything helps. Um, you can be anonymous, um, and I truly, greatly appreciate it. Now, how, how I don't want to say how big, but um, how do you, how, how, hard is it or how easy is it for you to like when you first went online to find somebody else who is in the HIV field who is also trans you know what I mean who you can relate to because you know when I first started looking to advocate I found somebody who was kind of like me so like how was that and who was that person for you to get you started in that um actually um I don't really think I did at the beginning I think for me, um, I think for me mostly my platform and how I got into this was sharing my my experience as a former foster youth and my transition. And then I think from there was how I started um, being open about my um, my HIV status. And then through that is how I found um, you know other trans people who are you know, also HIV positive and they're activists. But it was through finding um, them um, because they were trans. And, like, for example, I I just met one. Well, I kind of already knew her, but um, I didn't know she was HIV positive, but I know she's trans. And so I was like, oh, I'm like, you're HIV positive too. Like, I didn't know that. I thought you were just trans. So it's kind of, you know, like I said, you find out somebody is this, and then you find out later on that you also have this and that in common. Yeah, no, and it feels good, doesn't it, because you're not alone. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's right. amazing to, to to feel that kind of connection with somebody. Yes, definitely. So how hard is it for you to be – how hard is it for somebody in San Diego – who is just HIV positive to find to find support? What connections would you say if somebody's newly diagnosed and they come to you? What kind of information would you give them if they lived in your area and they were looking for maybe the resources or or the support group or things of that nature? I mean, um, here in San Diego, um, we have family health centers. Um, they have a um, a trans um, clinic. It's not it's not just for trans people, but it's within their services, and they provide um, trans services. Um, our local LGBT center has different programs. Um, I personally have not um, had like um, any of the, of the services, but there is also a um, 
very well known um, transgender group, but it's in Spanish and it's called um, Grupo um, Grupo um, TS Dos Mil. Um, and I mean, just besides that, I mean, you know, I guess it's trying to find other trans people who are, uh, you know. If they come through me, if I introduce them to other girls or to other people, um, just depending um, what they're looking for. Sometimes they don't really necessarily want to find people who um, who are positive but who are trans, and then that's from there they decide what they if they want to disclose their status or not. Right. So how has dating been? Since becoming positive, how do you deal with disclosure of HIV status? Um, dating is non-existent for me. Um, it's really hard. Um, you know, you tell people you're trans, and it's like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So I can understand it. They're like, okay, your genitals, okay, um, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, but. I'm HIV positive, too. And they're like, oh, 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 you know, oh, oh, they get scared when I say that. So they have more of an issue. They have more of an issue with you being HIV positive than they do with you being transgender. Yes. Mhm. Which I find interesting. Yeah, I do <laughs> but, find that interesting because I would think that it would maybe be the other way around. Yeah, I would think it's the other way around, too, but, I mean, you know, um, but um, I've gotten used to it, so I don't let it affect me. I'm just more like, oh, okay, whatever. But then in then reality, um, I've been, like, m- focusing the past three years in, like, school, um, work, and outside activities that I do within the community, so I just don't really focus too much on dating. It's more like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go to the bar and have a few drinks and whatever happens, happens. You know, it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to go post up and see if I can find a date or a man or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I think I've always been the type of person that I'm always, like, spontaneous, like, let's see what happens. I always um, believe in... I'm um, not expecting anything, just unexpecting, because then, you know, you sit there expecting something, it doesn't happen, you know, so now I'm more like, okay, well, I'm not expecting anything, but something happens, something happens. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not putting my money on anything, but if it happens, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, sure, why not? doesn't hurt. So... What are some of the reactions of, of of people when you're sharing your story? Are you sharing your story? Are these usually the people that are uh, LGBT uh, youth, or are these um, are you sharing in high schools and things like that? Where exactly are you sharing your story at? Um, pretty much um, to um, to other youth, um, or if I'm doing like a panel of like foster care or trans. Um, I'm always making sure that I also include that because it's, you know, for me, I can't have one without having the other because all of these things is what really made me and shaped me and molded me to the person that I am now. So if I take one out, it'll be like, 
you're checking like part of me, like my intestines or something, you know, my bones, you know. So to me, it's it's always been like, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna talk about one, I have to include all the other. I cannot just leave that behind. Right. So one of the things when we spoke yesterday that I think stuck out to me the most was that you have such a great sense of humor. I seem like I feel like when I when I look at a picture of you, I just see this ball of energy of like joy and happy and and it's it's awesome. And and I ask you, where did you get the name the Priscilla Positiva? Tell the people how that came about for you. So I'm, I've always been the type of person that I've always been, like, positive. I've been, like, I'm not a negative person. I'm always like, yeah, even if it's a bad thing, a bad situation, I'm always finding, like, a positive way out of it. So, like, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you are so positive. It is positiva. You're so positive. I'm going to call you Positive Priscilla, Priscilla Positiva. I'm like, uh, no. And so um, I never really thought about it, and then, one of my closest um, friends, they were doing, they're doing this queer novella where they're getting stories together of LGBT people, and so one of the stories is my story talking about, you know, transition, foster care, HIV, and so that's where I was like, you know what, we should call this um, telenovela, this soap opera segment of my story, we should call it Priscilla Positiva because, you know, um, whenever. I tell my story, I try not to make it negative because I don't want people to think that, oh, all of that is, all, all those people that have this or that are negative or they're, like, sad, depressed. So to me, it was always trying to make it be positive. And not necessarily positive as in, like, positive, but also as in positive as being positive. So I kind of always mm-hmm. try, and I'm always the type of person that I like to make words that have a meaning, make fun, like, like we were talking yesterday, like, oh, I'm trans. You know, I'm always saying I'm having a trans fantastic day or, like, oh, I'm <laughs> transcending. You know, just playing words, not trying to make it, like, negative but make it positive and also, you know, educating other people about, like, trans, you know, just finding words that it's, that it's easier for them to, like, learn and understand, you know, like, you know, don't say tranny, you know, say, you know, trans or transgender or, you know, finding the ne- the positive within um, the negative. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it's important that we kind of poke fun at ourselves sometimes because it's it's good to laugh and have that sense of humor and, and to not be taking life so serious all the time because, you know, sometimes you got to loosen up a bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. So, um, what do you think is the biggest um, issue with with uh, trans women in HIV? Like, what do you think the hardest? I guess maybe the biggest misconception is that people have. I would say that you know they always base off that if a trans person is HIV positive, it's because they're doing sex work, um, and I always get. Um, Whenever I tell people, like, share my story, oh, I'm positive, and they're like, oh, yeah, um, I kind of figure that. I'm like, oh, well, what makes you figure that? And they're like, well, I mean, it's in your job, like, prostitution. And I'm like, um, no, I mean, it was when I was younger, you know, like, you know, I was trying to figure out my life, but, you know, now as an adult, it's like, 
I don't. I, I mean, I work, you know, you know, work in different jobs to support myself, you know. It's not easy, but um, I'd, rather, I'd rather be struggling but knowing that I'm doing it, um, that I'm doing everything that I can to not do that anymore, you know. It's like if this is what I have to do, then it's fine with me. I, I, I don't mind. Um, and then some other trans people um, can't really get access because of different barriers, whether it's because they don't have insurance, they don't speak the language, uh, you know, they're not from, you know, they're illegal here, they're immigrants, and they're afraid. You know, you know, being deported or, you know, just being um, stigmatized. So it's, you know, there's different levels, different levels of like, you know, stigma barriers. Um, but definitely, the biggest one is always like, you know, because of the sex work. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's probably the the biggest misconception that people like to, you know, to put out there. I mean, I I know uh, a few trans women who work every day and their work is not sex work, you know what I mean? And they do hard work, so I know that the perception has to be kind of broken down and squashed. So uh, what are your thoughts on, I mean, I can imagine what your thoughts are going to be, but what are your, what would you like to say about the the president and his, his ban for transgender people in the military? You know, I I'm just gonna have to say that I mean it just has to end. We've already we've been targeted so many damn times. It's like it's already not enough that we're being stigmatized by society. You know, we're being harassed, we're being murdered, and then you have like the whole bathroom issue. It's like okay, now you're banning trans people, so it's kind of like what more do you want to do to us? Like, are you gonna like? Annihilators? Are you gonna kill us off, or like, you know, it's like I really just don't understand. Like, when we thought we were making progress, now we're just back at, uh, at starting over, ground zero. You know, I just really think it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, and then like trying to cut off HIV funding, it's like, okay, well, now you're also targeting the trans women who are, you know, HIV positive. You know, and then so if other trans people become HIV positive, then they're going to be screwed because there's no more funding. So it's kind of like, well, you're, you you know, you're stuck. You can't really do anything, you know? Yeah. It sucks, but we're definitely going backwards. Hopefully, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this country, but I just hope that <laughs> we're all able to process it and live, <laughs> live through the next four years without... Uh, this country kind of going at at each other because it seems like we've been going at each other for a while, but I don't know. I don't know, Priscilla. As we keep doing what we're doing and sharing our stories, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, as long as we don't stop pushing and shoving, then I guess we'll be okay because once we start also going back into the closet, I think it's when we're going to realize, okay, this shit is for real. We're going to be back to, well, we ourselves weren't, but I'm kind of sensing that we're going back to the Hitler era. Right. It's kind of, I feel like next is going to be like, it's going to be don't ask, don't tell again. You know what I mean? Or it's going to be, you know, all this kind of uh, craziness that doesn't need to happen. Or a country full of immigrants, get over it. <laughs> 
or we're going to be put into concentration camps. Uh, hopefully not. Don't say that. <laughs> I'll tell you, the world is a, the world is a scary place. You never really know, but I just I pray that we don't go to that level. But um, I do. We're actually winding down to the last couple minutes of the show, so I want to thank Priscilla for coming on and sharing your story with us and being so open and offering hope to those you know who are listening that you know maybe like yourself a trans woman who is living with HIV and feels alone. You know, I think that, where can they find you at on social media, Facebook, Twitter? What are your handles where they can get you? Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I I don't know if you use Twitter. I'm not a really, like, I'm Twitter illiterate, but I kind of... I saw, I saw that when I, when I tweeted, I saw that when I tweeted that you didn't really tweet too much, and I was like, oh, well, I'm still going to mention her since I have, you know, I can I can link you. So people can find you. So you might want to go to your Twitter. <laughs> okay. I, I usually like, what I like about Instagram is when you post, you can also post through Instagram, I mean, Facebook or Twitter. So that's what I usually yeah. do, the, do. But I'm more like Facebook because it's easier to upload 10 pictures at once. Yeah. I mean, well, now you can do it with Instagram, but I think to me it's more like Facebook is much easier for me. I don't know. That's just yeah. Yeah, well. Well, you're everywhere, but we've, we'll link you on all our social medias from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, is there any final words you would like to leave with the listening audience before that you go? Yeah, I just want to say to people out there to stay strong, be strong. Um, you know, people that are newly diagnosed, that, you know, there's always a road, there's always help. Um, you know, the trans community, just stay together, stay united, stay positive. That's what I like to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Priscilla, thank you so much for sitting down with me for this hour and chatting with us. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much, and I hope to see everybody at USCA in next week, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, and I hope that uh, you call it, call into the show uh, in one of the shows coming up. Call in and give us an update. I'd love to hear how you're how you how went the conference. Yeah, definitely. I love to. I'm, we'll be keeping people updated. I'm I'm so excited. So hopefully I come back to San Diego and I stay down there. Yeah, well, that'll be great. Well, we'll talk to you soon, honey, and you have a great time out there in D.C. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Our information on today's guest, Priscilla Vidal, you can find it through our social media. Go to uh, pauseiamradio.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at pauseiamradio. I want to slide over and play a positive message real quick. Hi, my name is Bruce. I'm from Brooklyn. I was diagnosed with HIV in 2003, and I became undetectable in 2010. My positive message is that this is an incredibly exciting time to be living with HIV because we know now that we have treatment that not only protects us, protects our health and and enables us to live long, healthy lives, but it, it protects our partners from getting HIV. We cannot transmit HIV when we're undetectable. Um, so I guess the message is, is if you're considering treatment or you're on treatment, please understand that if you take your meds and stay undetectable, you won't transmit HIV. You'll stay uninfectious. It's very exciting. We can have sex and intimacy and, and babies with our partners without fear, without shame, and without stigma. Thank you for joining us for Pause I Am. 
You can listen to us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we bring you your weekly dose of hope. Join in the conversation on social media, Paz I Am Radio, and at Aaron Laxton. And while you're on there, check out I'm Still Josh as he brings the HIV scoop of the week. Also, if you've not checked out the positive message campaign from Rise Up to HIV, be sure to do so. For all of you who contribute and make this show possible, thank you so very much. If you think you have a story that needs to be covered or you would like to come on air and talk to Robert and myself, please let us know. We want to bring content that you need and that you want. Be sure to download this episode on iTunes and past episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. From all of us over here at Paz IM Radio, from Robert Brining and myself, have a safe and healthy week. And until we speak again, stay positive.